This is Tim Staten with Tim Stating the Obvious. What is this podcast about? It's simple. You are entitled to great leadership everywhere you go, whether it's to church, whether it's to work, whether it's at your house, you are entitled to great leadership. And so in this podcast, we take leadership principles and theories and turn them into everyday relatable and usable advice. and welcome to another episode of Tim Stating the Obvious. So globally, workers do not rate work-life satisfaction highly. In fact, the Gallup finds 60% of people are emotionally detached and not engaged in the workplace. A best-selling author, Daniel Kahneman, said, stress, anxiety, and maybe a little bit of pain will always be part of a high-performing job. But those negative emotions cannot be the very soul of someone's job. The Gallup poll finds that if you ask your employees, did you feel stressed yesterday? 59% will most likely say yes. Or did you feel worried yesterday? 56% will most likely say yes. Did you feel physical pain a lot of the day yesterday? 33% will say yes. And how about anger? 31% will say yes. These figures are staggering compared to those who are more engaged at work, roughly 46 to 83% higher in these categories, higher than, so the people who are saying that they feel this way are the ones who are not as engaged uh, when they're in work. So the question I ask myself then is are these people not engaged because they don't want to be? Do they not see the value and impact of the work? And what is it going what is going on that makes them feel this way and how is it related to their performance? Gallup found that business and organizations with engaged workers have 23% higher profit compared with businesses businesses and organizations that have miserable workers. So that is interesting in that this tells us we need to be more engaged and have more engaged workers. So I'm going to stand here and tell you that you cannot have engaged workers without engaged leaders. Ask leaders at all levels of what that means and you'll get a different answer, right? So you hear, oh, you got to have engaged leadership. You got to have engaged leadership. But what does that really mean? And also, when they tell you their answer, that will also tell you what their focus on their engagement is about what they value uh, when it comes to leadership and in the workplace. So let's look at two examples of two different leaders in the same organization. So the first leader checks in with people in their directorate when they come in for the day and when they leave for the day. They talk to people only when they need something from them. And if and when they leave their office, they may make some small talk about something unimportant like a sporting event, a movie, a TV show that they saw that was going on the previous night. When they go into meetings, their cell phones are next to their notepad or tablet. More often than not, they were on their phone when they were on the way into the meeting, not paying attention to the people around them. Then when in the meeting, they stayed on topic and relate to what's important and immediately leave afterwards, not talking or really acknowledging anyone else in the room. They may make some niceties here and there, but overall, they don't engage anybody. 
They are focused on the next topic or event that they need to do. 90% of their time is spent being busy and little interest is shown in the people that they work with or around. The second leader talks to people on the way in from the parking lot. In fact, this person finds someone to talk to on the way in. They actually seek out that engagement from the moment they get out of their car and they scan the parking lot and they're like, oh, I haven't talked to this person. Let me go find this person and talk to them. And they ask about the person's family and about what they what they like to do. They make an attempt to know the person's name and they try to remember it and use it throughout the rest of the day. And in fact, every time they talk to that person, they make efforts to talk to people when passing in the hall and focusing on what would be important to people around them and to try to make it more meaningful connection when they talk to that person. They may ask about a class someone is taking that's important to them and how they're doing and how they find their perspective on the class or if they're doing well in it. They seek out what drives people around them and echoes back to them that they understand what they're saying. When going into meetings, they leave their cell phone in the office. Or when they enter the room, they talk to people before the meeting starts. They talk about families and pets and interests and hobbies. Then they get to business, and then once it's done, they make sure to continue to reach out and connect with people on a personal level. And at the end of the day, they make sure to let people know they appreciate their hard work and how what that person is doing impacts the rest of the team and the organization. They want those people to know how important whatever it is they're doing is to the impact of the overarching organization. Because no matter who you are in an organization, it automatically has an impact beyond themselves. So both leaders are engaged. Both have a busy day. And get the same amount accomplished. But I'll ask you, which leader do you want to work for? I think we as people get so bogged down into what's next. And technology fills in all the empty moments and spaces and time. And it literally fills it in with something. And that something is literally anything and everything. And this creates a more self-centered focus because I'm constantly centered on what is it that I'm doing? What is it that I need to be doing? What is it that I'm not doing? And this entire thought process of being constantly engaged with your phone and your technological advice and it reminding you, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this next thing. You're falling behind on this task. You're falling behind in this area. Hey, you've got this next meeting to go to. Hey, don't forget to pick up your dry cleaning. And oh, by the way, you got to go home and make sure you take care of your laundry and feed your pet and feed your kids. And did you get meat out? Uh, So that way you have meat thought out for when you get home from the freezer. And all of these things are compounding and they add to your stress. The data shows that we tend to forget that people are people and we treat people like they're pieces of technology. Technology does not get back to us what we give to it, right? And we have people that we work with that we don't even know, or we don't even made an attempt to get to know. And We wonder why they're stressed or maybe because, you know, they're stressed out because they feel like they need to ask for time off and they can't because they're struggling and they have a sick family member and they need the money, but they need to go to an appointment and inflation is kicking in and gas costs extra money to get them to and from that appointment. And the list goes on and on and on. And maybe that's why that person is stressed out and worried. But no one in the workplace knows the internal struggles of that person because that 
nobody talks to that person about those things. And what's worse is that I don't think that anybody cares or took the time to make sure that that person knew that they were valued and that they knew, wanted to know what's going on with them outside of the workplace because they're a human being. Or the impression is, is that nobody cares. And if the impression is that nobody cares from that person, then that stress gets even more uh, internalized and could turn into anger and frustration. Maybe people get frustrated and angered because they're trying to do the best job they can and the organization doesn't provide adequate resources for them to do their job. Maybe they're worried because they watch the news and they're being told that there's a baby food shortage and there's gas prices that are increasing, overall inflation is creeping up on them and the whole world is falling apart. Then they come to work and people are more worried about being, uh, you know, about what the wrong format or what's the wrong font on a memo or nitpicking about who gets to pick and what parking spots so they can get closest to the building so they don't have to walk that far. And on a side note, um, I would recommend for people to park all the way in the back of the parking lot, especially if you're a leader. You don't need a parking spot right next to the building. Your parking spot should be all the way in the back. And I say it should be all the way in the back because... That gives you an opportunity to, one, walk all the way to the building. And it gives you some exercise, gets the blood pumping, gets the oxygen to the brain, get positive vibes going for the day. The second thing it does is allows you to actually talk and meet people in the parking lot. And you'll find that you have may run into somebody that you've never seen before. And you can say, hey, how you doing? Uh, you know, how, how's the family going? How's... Uh, the, the job going, is there anything that I can do for you, um, in the organization to help you do your job better? Is there anything that I could do for you to have a better impact on what you do here? Hey, how are things going in your directorate or where you work? Hey, where, where do you work? Hey, what do you do? And then you can compound upon that and you could talk about all the great things that, that, impact of that one employee does on the rest of them. And they may not get it from anybody else, but you'll make sure that they get it from you. And I'll be honest with you, you'll be surprised at how often an employee will say, hey, you know what? Or somebody that you work with will go, you know, this person actually cares enough about me because they asked me what I like to do. They asked me how my job was. They asked me what I thought, you know, and you would be surprised at how often people go, you know, I don't know why he would ask me, but he did. He must've took value in something that I offered. And that helps bring a more positive mindset to the workplace. You know, I've noticed um, over the last several days that I've ran across a wide breadth of organizations and, and businesses and overall negative mindsets um, and just attitudes kind of permeated out there. Um, and, and I actually stopped going to one place because I was like, you know what? I am not going to spend my money here because this person obviously is having a bad day. This person obviously doesn't enjoy the job that they're doing. So I'm going to take my money elsewhere and I'm going to pay a lot more for something but at least I'm going to get a smile when I walk through the door. I'm going to meet somebody who actually is happy 
um, in their workplace and in their job. So I felt bad for doing that. But then I was like, you know what? I'm not going to reward businesses or organizations for negative mindsets. I'm going to spend my money and encourage other people to spend their money in organizations that do provide happiness and joy and provide happiness and joy for their employees. So that way, maybe uh, we can we can spread that around. And then if we have happier and healthier and engaged employees, then one, the overall impact is that our profit margins are going to be higher. Um, so that's what we ultimately want, right? But what we fail to understand is that over the last two years, we have done social distancing because of COVID. We've done teleworking. We've done remote working. We've done hybrid working. And in the process, we have forgotten, in my opinion, um, we have forgotten people are at the core of all of this. You know, our our day-to-day is run by people. And, you know, people have thoughts and feelings, and they're not machines. And we work with machines so much. And we work with technology so much. I think that we honestly forget that, hey, people are people. We've got to understand that people have stressors. People have lives outside the workplace. And we need to acknowledge that. We also need to acknowledge the fact that people have value. Um, and I, I think oftentimes we forget that we get so wrapped up into what's the bottom line. Are we meeting our objectives? Are we meeting our goals? What is it that's prohibiting us from doing what we need to do? What does the market share look like? What is the next thing that we need to do? Are we doing the you know the right things? And we lose sight of the people around us and we get so wrapped up into it. So I would just offer up that, you know, you have a tremendous impact on your world. So if you bring a little bit of positivity into anything that you do, even if the whole world is burning down around you and everything else isn't going okay, you know, things could be a little bit better if you go, you know what, it's all right could be worse. And most of the times it it definitely could be worse. Uh, But we just get so wrapped up into our own selves that we lose sight of the people and the places and the things around us. Um, And we forget that, you know what? My coworker isn't an iPhone. My coworker isn't a tablet. My coworker isn't a machine. Uh, It thinks, it feels. Um, He or she thinks and feels. And I think oftentimes we forget about that. You know, we forget about the stressors that happen outside the workplace. And not that I'm saying that, you know, we need to have, you know, a complete over bleeding heart, you know, type of mentality as leadership, but we need to acknowledge uh, and get back to the core essence of people, right? That we've been social distanced from each other and we've been forced to interact with technology. And that's a good thing. And it's a bad thing, right? So now I can I can achieve more efficiencies with technology. So maybe I want to telework because I like my work-life balance better. And maybe I'm stressed because I have to go back to work in from remote work and in office work. And I liked remote working because my work-life balance was better. Uh, I can know I can speak for myself during COVID when um, one, I loved it. I 
could log in. I could get everything done that I needed to get done. I could talk to the people that I needed to talk to on a daily basis. We could have meetings and webcams and we could see each other. And then I can go play with my kids and, you know, and I could go in the garage and I can get a workout and during the middle of the day and I could play with my kids and I could get back to work and then I could cook dinner and I could help out more around the house. I could do more yard work and it was more on my time than also doing what I needed to do. I was allowed to prioritize and I felt stressed when it was like, Hey, we got to get back into the office. And I was kind of like, Oh, I personally have a lot going on. I really like to telework and remote work, but now I've got to go back in to the office. So how am I going to get back into the mindset of, I guess my weekends for doing the yard are going to be taken up again. And I can't really do it during the week. Uh, I guess the times I get to play with my kids are more limited because, you know, when I go back into the work, it takes me like 40 minutes to get into work. And then I drive home and then I have dinner and then, you know, maybe get around 45 minutes to an hour of real family time with the kids before they go to bed. And then I get time with my spouse and then I get, you know, an hour or two there and then I go to sleep and I got to start the whole process over again. And I remember thinking, like, why are we doing this to ourselves? And then I also remember thinking, I wonder what's going on with people who aren't being checked on. I know that I have a caring and loving family, but what about those that don't? Who's checking on those people? Who's checking on the people that really don't have anything getting them up in the morning other than going to work and having human interaction at work because that's all they have. And that's okay. That's all they have, but then we just took it away from them. You know, what's going on with those people? And it took a while for me to realize that, hey, you know, there's a balance between remote work, in-office work to get that culture of, um, you know, what, who we are as a business and get that pride in each, in each other, because there is something to be said with face-to-face human interaction where I can read your facial expressions. I could read your body language. I could read your posture. You could read mine and we can have the nonverbal and verbal communication going on. And the only way that we're going to get back to that is if we treat people like people and we have leaders who are engaged uh, not just into, you know, what's going on operationally, what's going on business-wise, but what's going on with your people? What's going on with our people? And to me, that's the only way that we're going to, you know, keep moving forward. And it and the data shows 23% higher profits when you have engaged workers with engaged leaders. So I just want to say thank you for stopping by and listening to this episode. And if you haven't subscribed, uh, please do that and or followed whatever platform you're on. And if you haven't hit the alert icon, so that way you can be alerted when we have new episodes coming, if you could do that too. But before we leave, I'd like to ask you if you could share this episode with one or two other people who you think might like it. So that way uh, we can share uh, the the show and we can expand the discussion. Um, So I want to say thank you again for stopping by and checking this episode out. I'm Tim Staten, Staten the Obvious.